Hi, friend. Welcome to Holly's Highlights, a podcast designed to encourage, inspire, and equip you to intentionally live your life full of purpose. I'm your host, Holly Kirby, motivational speaker, leadership cultivator, marketing strategist, and personal cheerleader. Let's check out today's highlight. According to the Society for Industrial and Organizational Psychology, 13% of U.S. employers utilize personality assessments, otherwise referred to as a human development system. And depending on the source, 80 to 88% of the Fortune 500 companies attract talent using behavioral interviews. There are plenty of conflicting reports out there, though, as to whether or not personality tests are reliable. The Washington Post has done an article on the five myths about personality tests, Forbes covered a story on how personality tests seem to indicate that the results are permanent, and even the New York Times shared of a woman's story about it being mandatory to take a personality test when applying for a job, only to then find out she wouldn't get the job because there wasn't a role for her on the team, per her assessment results. I remember even taking a smaller version of a personality test when applying for a job, and at the interview, the interviewer asked me questions about my results, which I hadn't even been privy to seeing prior to this interview. And several of these things that it showed were not even close to who I am. So there are cautions to be had. Although there are conflicting reports as to how often to take the personality test, cleverism.com reveals that you can never be completely objective about yourself, and you'll always answer the questions on the test in accordance with how you think about yourself now. It goes on to say that people change and the person you are now and your traits might alter significantly in the future. So why all this craze with personality tests? Well, there are upsides amongst all the controversy. They can help us learn more about our behaviors, how to deal with stress, and are we a team player? They can educate us on how to best understand and communicate with those around us. And they can help us learn more about our strengths and our weaknesses, even what may be triggers for us so that we can grow as a person and even as a leader. Psychology Today shares that personality tests are looking for five broad domains. One, extroversion, your amount of active engagement with other people. Two, agreeableness, how pleasant and cooperative you seem to others. Three, conscientiousness, your degree of reliability, self-control, and organized purposefulness. Four, neuroticism, the frequency and intensity of negative emotions you experience. And five, openness to experience your preference for intellectual and creative experiences versus traditional practical activities. Now, I've taken my share of personality assessments from Myers-Briggs and Strength Finders to Five Voices and Disc Analysis. I haven't done the Enneagram yet, though. I do want to do that one. But what are we to do with these results? What really is the point? In Marcus Buckingham's book, Now Discover Your Strengths, he puts it quite nicely. The tragedy of life is not that each of us doesn't have enough strengths. It's that we fail to use the ones we have. So today we're going to cover three areas on how to actually use our personality assessment results, no matter what personality assessment you take. Now, keep in mind, there are so many personality assessments out there that for the sake of consistency on this time together, we're going to refer to those results as our voice. So number one would be understanding our voice. In fact, Proverbs 18.21 warns us that there is the power of both death and life in our tongue. It can be a weapon. Well, so can our voice. We can use it to harm or for good. So what are voices capable of? Number two, knowing the rules of engagement. The definition of rules of engagement is not so much about results to achieve, but what might 
be the measure that's unacceptable to achieve them. So how will we use our voice? And then number three, learning how to control our voice. That's where that balcony basement term comes in, where we tend to operate in the strengths of our voice, that balcony majority of the time. But we all have those tendencies when we're backed in a corner, we don't know what to do or high stressed, that we're going to tap into the negatives of our voice in that basement area. So let's start with number one, understanding our voice. We can often be unaware of how we come across, our tone, our volume, our tact, or even lack of it, even our body language. And all of this comes about to be in our emotional intelligence. How do other people perceive us, receive us? Reviewing the results of our personality test helps us get acquainted with the ins and outs. How are we coming across to others? What are the strengths shown? What are our weaknesses we reveal? How to best interact with someone with that voice? And each personality assessment you receive will provide such results. There are even some that have a book available to dive deeper. In fact, I personally like the five voices, how it divides their five results up, and you can find the strengths, the weaknesses, the volume tone, and even the triggers of that voice. Then there's the strengths finders that actually goes into providing similar detail, but stretches it out to where you learn even how to interact with other voices other than your own. Now, if you don't know how to handle your weapon, your voice effectively, it can cause all kinds of collateral damage and you not even realize it. See, we all have that capability of causing harm and and therefore we need to know how to use that tool in our toolbox. Learning our voice will help us do that and how to respond to things, how to best prepare for difficult meetings or situations. Now, there are two issues that come into play when we're trying to learn our voice. One is that we have a natural tendency to point out the speck in another's eye when we first should be pulling out the log in our own. We tend to look at, he said this, or she did this, or they, instead of looking at our own voice. How did our voice impact a conversation or an outcome? What could we have done differently when contributing to the situation? Second of all, Just as on a plane, we're advised to, in an emergency situation, put on our oxygen before helping others. We need to learn and develop our own voice first before we can fully help lead others with understanding and engaging in their own. And we so often tend to want to just help others without truly knowing ourselves first. We've got to know ourselves so we can lead ourselves, so then we can help lead others. Now, a way that we can look at growing and understanding our own voice is through attending leadership growth conferences, reading books, listening to podcasts, having a mentor, hiring a leadership or life coach, or simply receiving feedback from those we lead. However, doing these things isn't what's going to help us grow. It's implementing these things that will help us grow. I attended a conference last year where Sadie Robertson Huff shared with us how she asks others, what is one thing I need to hear, but don't want to hear? Perhaps you start asking those around you for such feedback. What is one thing that you need to hear that you don't necessarily want to hear? I think there's such wisdom in that and being open to receiving that feedback, to know ourselves, so that we can lead ourselves so that eventually we can lead others. And it all starts with understanding your weapon system, your voice. Number two, 
knowing the rules of engagement. Again, this is more about self-awareness and aligning the voices or those personality results on your team or even in your family and basically just fighting fair. Start with getting to know the voices on your team. This could be in office settings, having everyone post their voice on the front office door or at the cubicle entrance or as simple as passing out a list of everyone's name with their voice next to it. This will help you understand who you have on your team, how to set them up for success, how to help them feel valued and all while communicating more precisely and even prepare for how they may respond in various conversations. Again, preparing for those rules of engagement. At a former place I I worked, we did by posting this on our office doors or our office windows to each office so that before we entered into another person's office, we were able to read their voice and be reminded how they best receive information and interact and even deal with difficult conversations. I knew going into one person's office that they needed the facts or the research numbers, the data, whereas another person needed to know how it would impact others involved, so more of the feels of the situation. It just helps set up those conversations to be more productive. As a leader, think about how do I create the environment that allows each person on my team to bring his or her best? The book Five Voices suggests an order in which different voices of their personality assessment speak at meetings so that every voice is heard and all is truly set up for success. Again, just helping everyone employ those rules of engagement so that everyone fights fair. Now, a word of caution here, make sure that we don't use labels to define or to limit each other. See, we only operate in that negative when we're backed into a corner. We don't operate there all the time. And sometimes we can assume how someone is going to respond because they are a certain voice. But we've got to be cautious of doing that because not everyone is going to operate in their negatives and their weaknesses all of the time. That's our basement area that we don't dwell in. So we can use these opportunities in giving feedback to honor the positive intention that influenced that negative behavior. But again, don't limit it. Don't box it in. And second, just because we are this or that doesn't mean we can't or unable to do something. It just might be an indicator that that voice needs help to excel with a certain skill because it's not as natural for them as another voice. In Now Discover Your Strengths, the author refers to the three revolutionary tools, and one of those is the key that basically what our results of a personality test may be as a natural tendency to us, it doesn't mean that we can't learn. So again, don't box in and labeling that just because someone is this voice that they're unable to do something because they can still have an opportunity to learn it, and that might be your opportunity to help them. As a leader, we want to make sure that every voice is heard and utilized. Something I learned years ago at a retreat was the fist to five tool. So whatever topic is at hand, you're trying to understand where all voices are on the topic, you can ask everyone to do a fist to five. They might hold up a fist, a one, a two, a three, a four, or a five. And you ask the lowest numbers, those that are the fist or the one, okay, why did you vote that way? And they can share the negative aspects of where they're coming, that perspective. By the same token, you then ask those who voted the higher, the fours and the fives, all right, why do you feel that way? And they can share with you the perspective that they have of the positives of it. And between this fist to five concept, the voices are heard, perspectives are shared and listened to. But that doesn't always mean that you're going to have a perfect outcome of agreement. In that case, you're just going to have to step up and make the final call as a leader. 
In fact, I recently interviewed my brother, who is quite an example of being a leader who others follow. In fact, in his business, he's been placed in certain stores, move store to store to help fix situations, whether it be a culture or finance or even organizational structure. He just has a gift at leadership. And I was asking him in this interview of how to be a leader others follow, what was the hardest part of being a leader? He responded to me, the loneliest days of being a leader are when you have to make those tough decisions. The loneliest days as a leader are when you have to make those tough decisions. See, as a leader, you aren't going to please everyone, every voice, every time. In fact, former First Lady of the U.S. Rosalind Carter said, a leader takes people where they want to go. A great leader takes people where they don't necessarily want to go, but ought to be. Knowing these rules of engagement, how to avoid triggers of other voices and how to work more cohesively together will in the end help you and your team best and most effectively use their voice so they can also hear the voices of others. Number three, learning how to control our voice. Now we all view the world differently. We're going to communicate with others differently and simply process our ideas in different ways. This is going to be attributed to experiences in life, education, different upbringing, various people who have nurtured and shaped us and our choices, relationships we've had, successes and failures. See, no one will have the same life. And so they're going to have made different choices and those are going to affect our tendencies. So even if your personality result is the same of someone else, it doesn't mean your perception or your use of those personality results will be the same. For example, I was raised a pastor's kid and my mom was an elementary school teacher. I'm the youngest of two siblings. So both my faith and coming up from a a humble upbringing and then observing my older two siblings' choices while growing up, all of that's going to play into a lot of my decisions and even my values that affect my decisions. Being in marketing over 20 years and involved in so many nonprofits that I'm passionate about, volunteering in leadership positions throughout my years in our, in our churches, all of this is going to play into how I respond and think and ideas I might have and even actions I might take. Then my various education from attending public school through middle school, then private school through high school years, and then going on to my collegiate years of my associates, my bachelors, and my masters. All of that is going to bring a difference in my perspectives and my opinions on various topics and even how I'm going to process information. Then there's just life that we all have. Going through an unwanted divorce, having a parent diagnosed with an incurable cancer, helping care for another parent who has a terminal disease, and losing that parent only months later, being a single mom. All of this will impact the empathy I have for others, the concern and care I feel for those experiencing trials in life, and even can operate into my basement at times because I'll get so focused on the heart of the people that I tend to overlook the overall situation. So our life in itself is just going to vary from result to result and play into that overall voice. But all of us have the ability to take our voice and use it for good, to better communicate with others, to connect with others, to motivate and influence those that we are around and those that we lead. We can apply it in the connections of life and even utilize those differences, value those differences in each other. Remember that each voice represents a person, a human being, 
And each person is designed with unique gifts that are meant to encourage and help others in the long run. Don't put them in a box. Don't define them or label them because we're all just going to have different ways in which we approach our decisions in life. Now, we can't operate in just one voice all of the time, which is often referred to as our foundational voice. That would have been that top result that you received. But we all tend to have a voice order. In fact, you might have received, depending on your voice, what those other ones are. This is where we can set boundaries within our voice. And the five voices suggest using the 70-30 split rule, meaning spend 70% of your time doing what you're good at, what you most naturally enjoy Because then it will leave energy to do the 30% you don't enjoy, which zaps and drains our energy. So although I might operate in my foundational voice 70% of the time, I'm still going to have to do tasks in my job or in my home life or even just in life overall that are going to tap into that other 30%. Operating more than 30% of time in your non-foundational voice, though, it's going to leave you irritable and feeling burnt out and stressed and start operating out of that basement area where we don't want to stay. So learning to control our our boundaries of how we use our voice and then knowing the limits of where we need to tap into that hard word of delegation, using each other's strengths. And this will help us knowing our own strengths play into the bigger picture of the group, which will then help us to tap into the strengths of others, which overall helps our team be more productive. Again, knowing how to help others with their voice and actively utilizing the voices of others all begins, though, with mastering your own voice, which overall will help you in better understanding your voice, the voices around you, improving overall communication and resulting in more productivity and better outcomes. Now, I'd like for us to take a moment for five self-reflection questions. Do you want to learn and grow from your personality assessment results? Now, that may sound like a stupid question, but I have been in too many meetings, watched too many people get promoted or coached too many people in life or leadership who are only there because they had to be or only took the promotion because it was time or because they had pressure from higher ups, but they didn't want to. They didn't have that buy-in for that growth. The commitment and the time that it's going to take, the sacrifices that will need to be made. In fact, I think of Jesus at the pool of Bethesda, where when speaking to a man who had been an invalid for 38 years, he simply asked, do you want to get well? To which the man replied with excuse after excuse. And Jesus says, no, do you want to get well? Well, do you want to learn and grow from your personality assessment result? Because the choice is yours. It could be just for fun, or you could actually learn and grow from the result. Second of all is what voice do you respond to positively and what voice do you respond to negatively? Now think through situations, leaders you've had and work and school and family and even in extracurricular activities. What voice do you respond to positively and which voice do you respond to negatively? From there, the third question would be, what can you learn from those voices? There is always something to learn from everyone, good or bad. And we tend to naturally look at the good of of what we can learn from that and just try to shove away the bad, ignore that, push it away, move on. But there's so much to be learned in both good and bad scenarios around us. 
I had a leader once who took all the credit. She would have me do a lot of the work, which I actually really enjoyed doing. But when it came time for recognition, my name was not one to be printed. Now, I needed to feel valued. I needed to know that I was appreciated and that I made a difference. I could have wallowed in self-pity on this, or as I chose to do as a result, I implemented in my leadership to give credit where credit is due so that no one would ever feel like I felt in that moment. I, I want to respect every voice, whether we are in agreement or not, and truly value their voice. I really enjoy learning from other voices. So what can you learn from the voices, both positive and negative, good or bad, that you've had as examples in your own life? Number four, who in your life might be open to serving as your mentor? Someone who will hold you accountable, speak truth into you, kind of take you under their wing and and be someone that you can learn from, but also one who will be honest enough to point out how you're coming across, help develop that emotional intelligence. My mom used to always say, have a mentor and be a mentor. Meaning, learn from someone else, their knowledge, their wisdom, their life experiences, but then make sure that you turn and pour yourself into someone else. Because someone has taken the time to invest in you, you too should invest in someone else. So who's a mentor that you can start learning from to where in the future, part of that legacy left, you can then turn and pour into another? And number five, What is your personality assessment result, your voice, and how are you using it? Perhaps you could be more effective in communicating with others around you or grow in it. Maybe you're even going to take back some things you've learned today, asking those you lead what you need to hear, but you don't want to hear, adding the fist to five at your meetings, or even setting boundaries of that 70-30 Now, again, I realize there are so many different personality tests out there, and perhaps you and your team already are using a personality assessment. The main thing is for you all to be speaking the same language. If one person is using strength finders and talking about beliefs and wooing and responsibility, and another Myers-Briggs using the terms of INFJ, and then you're using the five voices, which terms of pioneer and connector, everyone's going to know their voice but not be able to understand each other's voice or how to best communicate with the other voices. In other words, mass confusion and miscommunication is going to set in. So use the same source so you speak the same language with those around you. Then make sure you're using that language consistently. If you're going to incorporate this in your team and in those that you lead at work, then make sure that everyone is using that same language. Meaning if a new person comes to the table and has to wonder what the pioneer pioneered, they obviously are going to not get it. So make sure you're having new leaders or people on your team that are expected to use that language, have them actually take the test and then provide them the tools and the resources to grow in their voice. Again, as a leader, know your voices so you can align your voices. This helps you to know yourself, so you can lead yourself, so you can lead others. Now, if you're looking to take a personality assessment, the Big Five personality test is said to be the most scientifically validated and reliable psychological model to measure our personalities. Although this is not an endorsement, the Big Five does offer a free personality test and is often used commercially by psychologists, by career counselors, and by other professionals. If you're interested, I'll list the link to their site on my website at hollykirby.com found in the podcast page under this episode. 
Now, many refer to Myers-Briggs as having a lot of validity too. I know I took that in college and I took it again just a few years ago. And then there's the five voices and they offer a complimentary assessment and they even have a book available for purchase to dive deeper into each of those results and how to use them when communicating as a leader with those that you lead. And I'll make sure that that link is available as well on my website. Clifton Strengths also offers a complimentary assessment code, which is found inside the spine of their books, which you just have to purchase in either bookstores or online. Overall, taking personality assessments is one way to be open to feedback so that you can continue to grow both personally and professionally. As Aristotle said, knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. Thank you for joining me on this journey of life. I hope that today's highlight has been encouraging, inspiring, and equipping so you can go out and live your life full of purpose. I'd be honored if you'd take a moment to leave a review, or better yet, subscribe. We can also stay in touch by joining my email list at hollykirby.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-C-U-R-B-Y.com. Until next time, make it a great day for a great day.